In Jesus' name we pray. If you can, you may be seated. You can give your neighbor a uh, New Year welcome and acknowledge the, the brand of the tie, the look, my God. Hallelujah. Acknowledge, acknowledge. Amen. <laughs> you are welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, I said you should acknowledge the person by your side because when we mount up, you will forget that there is someone. So please do it well, do it well. Oh, your hair do is great. Oh my God. Jesus. Something. Hallelujah. We are going to kickstart this evening on a journey. And um, our focus for the year, we are preaching under the team. That's our focus for the year, the template of apostolic Christianity. We want to look at Christianity again. What is Christianity? What was the vision that Jesus had in his heart when he came down from heaven to walk among us like a mortal man? Because so much of that is being misrepresented today. And so much of the emphasis that we have sustained in the house of God has, has been found not to be consistent with the original witness of the first fathers. And on the path towards tracing our heritage in God, it is needful for us to pay attention to the witness of the first fathers. So that we can understand the scope and the content of their convictions and burdens. We must understand the things that they lived for so that we can know precisely what they were willing to die for. And if these factors are not in their proper places, we, can, we are guilty of subscribing to religion. And there's one thing about religion it has, it gives a false sense of satisfaction. But it's not consistent with the biblical truth of the word of God. And as such, the spirit of God will not furnish it. Because the spirit of God cannot operate outside of the letters, outside of the logo. And so it's needful for us to sit down diligently and find out the original witness and the original shape of things. Because from mid last year, I saw the invasion that came on the body of Christ from the pit of hell. So many lying visions and fake doctrines that have taken root in the heart of men, which is actually a deviation from the central thought of the economy of God. And because of that, we want to dedicate 12 months in this year to rediscovering and realigning with the spirit of Christianity. If you are still with me, say Amen. Amen. That's what we want to do. And as we advance, we'll do a lot of teaching this year. As we advance, you come to discover what Christianity is. From the pages of the Bible, not my opinion. 
My opinion is not authoritative enough for you to run with. So I'll keep my opinion behind and will look upon the pages of the book, trusting the Holy Spirit to grant us illumination. That's how our journey is going to be like. If you are still here, say Amen. amen. And then you will discover many things that we have believed that is not in Scripture. And then you'll be able to understand why you grew to a level and your Christian life was pegged at that level. It was because you deviated from being a Christian and you became a legalist and a religious personality. So, and if you are up to that, you came out of grace and you came into law. And every time you come out of grace and come into law, the insufficiencies of your humanity begin to play out, begins to play out. And then you are going to find impossibilities, difficulties, and hindrances. But if we operate by the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus, the grace of God, is so abundantly available to us, and we will do the supernatural things naturally, and we will do natural things supernaturally. Hallelujah. We will begin our journey from the book of Job, chapter 28, as we commence... A spiritual process on this day of January. We'll use two days to do the teaching, and then we'll use one day to do the practical. All right? teach for two days then we do practical for one for one day if we say jesus heals for two days we should be able to prove it on the third day if it's not verifiable it means it is not life applicable the spirit that did it in jesus is still available today you know a preacher can come and even deny that jesus does not heal now anymore because the power of god died with the apostles and you can believe it, and you'll be shortchanged by that ignorance. And that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want the people of God to attain to their full potential in Christ. And that's why we are here. Because the people must attain to their full potential in Christ, irrespective of what any preacher believes. Are you still with me? You know, you must have realized we are not a church. So we don't have a pet doctrine. Maybe we we'll say prosperity church. No, we go Bible. Hmm... So that the average Christian can have the opportunity to know Jesus personally. Because he's being cut off from the schedule of things these days. <laughs> we use his name as a prayer conjunction. When you want to prophesy, you now make a declaration and add his name. That's when he features. But if you have ever studied the Bible accurately, the entire scripture speaks about the eternal Christ. If you don't see the Christ in the scripture, you don't read it. Or maybe you have not read it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Job chapter 28 verse 7. There is a part which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eyes hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He putteth forth his hand upon the rock. He overturned the mountains by the roots. He cutteth out rivers among the rocks, and his eyes seeth every precious thing. He bindeth the floods from overflowing, and the thing that is hid 
bringeth he forth to light. Hallelujah. He says there is a path which no foul nowhere. He said the vulture's eyes have not seen it. The lion's webs have not trodden it. The fierce lions have not passed by it. If you take an inventory of the creatures mentioned here that do not have access to the path, you will find creatures that are detailed and diligent like the fowl. If you cast as much as a grain of rice to the ground in the midst of rubble, if the fowl is really determined, he has the tools, the working tools. You know, the feet is like a rake. He can isolate every other thing that is not the grain and reveal it. But the Bible says that this path, the fowl, in his diligent activity of raking things out of the way to discover hidden things, he has not by any means stumbled upon this path. Now the Bible reveals that the vulture's eyes have not looked upon it. You see, the advantage of the vulture as a scavenger is that it, it is height advantage. It, it leaps up the ground and it stabilizes itself in, 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 in a dovetail kind of flight mode. And it, it views. Now, so he has height advantage. Oversight is part of his advantage. And the Bible says that the vulture's eyes have by no means beheld that path. Didn't stop there. It says the lion's webs. You know, you see, when lions give birth and the cubs come to hunting age, they are taught how to hunt by the lioness. And one of the first things that they get to learn is the ability to stay within range with other hunting cubs. Now if you go outside of range for too long, you are in danger. That's number one. Number two, they are also taught how to discover the secret parts of the private land. Because when lions invade a particular place, they cut out a region. You know the lion, you can see his pride in his activity. Cuts out a region and goes and urinates round it, demarcating that region as an exclusive region for the king lion. The king lion can have many lionesses around, but he's, he's in charge. Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes he just strolls around just to make other animals know that I'm still here. The Bible makes us to understand that so when the cubs go to hunt, they hunt under in the name of their father. And they can enter into every part of the jungle because they are not big enough. In their searching, the Bible reveals that by no means have they stumbled upon this part. Once and again, the lion has the attitude of increasing his perimeter so that his enclave is enlarged. Through such enlargement, he wanders into deep aspects of the territory. And the Bible reveals that even the fierce lions 
have never passed by this path. Now, the truth of the matter is this. Giving these four creatures that have the capacity to search for food. We can conclude at that point, or at this point, that the part of which the Bible speaks is not natural. There is a part with no foul nowhere. The vulture's eyes have not seen. The lion's webs have not trodden it. And the fierce lions have not passed by it. That part is a spiritual part. And that's the part that is unveiled in the book of Romans. That's what the entire book of Romans is about. The part of spiritual progress. So as we study this weekend, the scope of our study is the discovery of the part of spiritual progress. Now, when somebody gives his life to Christ, what are the things that should find expression? What are the things the person should expect? In order for the person to be delivered from the invitations of the enemy to embrace religion and to stay clear on the path of spiritual progress towards advancement and towards perfection in Christ Jesus. You will notice that when Paul hears about um, churches that embrace Christ and are sold out to serve his will, he acknowledges that their salvation was genuine and he goes there to encourage them, giving them some apostolic tips. Why does he do that? Why? He does that because he's aware of the fact that it's possible for religious people to come and subscribe a pathway that is not consistent with what? The path of spiritual progress. And those guys will be derailed. And will be walking a path wherein they cannot gain Christ. And that path will lead them to a place where they will never be able to attain to maturity and never be able to discharge their destiny in Jesus. And so the leading apostles of those days, whenever they heard that there's a revival somewhere, they shut down their itinerary and they move over to that place so that they can bring discernment to the people as to how to keep pace with what? The path of spiritual progress. Because the devil will send people that will come and sow seeds that will ensure that you never find that path. Even if you were a foul, you will not find that path. There is only one way to access the path. I've seen so many Christians, 20 years old in the law. But when you look upon them, you know they have lost the path in the last 15 years. I heard of a great preacher. All he has to speak about is 24 years time, 24 years ago when he raised the dead. Obviously, at that time, he was on a path. But he never knew when he veered off. And with the increase in the kind of preaching and teaching that majors in the minors in our time, if something drastic doesn't happen to the church of Jesus in Nigeria, we are going to suffer a great loss. Especially at this point where the powers of Islam seek to encroach the entire territory. We need to understand what Jesus called us into. Meanwhile, I need you to understand that Christianity is not a religion.
Now, so the apostles did that in order to ensure that the people of God remain steady on the path of spiritual progress, according to my own Bible study. Any feeble Christian that remains on the path of spiritual progress and is consistent should be ready to be released into ministry after three and a half years. That was Jesus' curriculum. Charlatans and fishermen, after three and a half years of being on the path of spiritual progress, took cities, rattled the foundation of nations, took control of the dominion of the territory from Caesar. The power of the sword was not able to quench and to discomfit their faith. There was something deeper than the fear of death that propelled them. And I'm talking about common fishermen that Jesus harvested from different places. But by the time John was speaking in the book of First John chapter 1, he said, that which was from the beginning, which we have seen, we have handled, and we have touched. What he was, he was a fisherman still talking. He was on a path. And at that point on the path, he was speaking kingdom things like a son, a joint head with Christ in the kingdom of God. Because it happens to be that the kingdom to which we subscribe is not a kingdom of kings and subjects. It's a kingdom of kings and kings. So what John was saying, he was speaking like a king. He had entered into some dimensions of our heritage in Christ Jesus. He was not talking about something he learned, he picked up from Bible school or from Sunday school. He said, that which we touch, that which we look upon, that which we handle, those are the things that I testify about. I touched it. He said, eternal life that resided with God in eternity past, we saw eternal life manifested and we are witnesses of his reality. That's why we call you to fellowship. That was not a fisherman talking, it was a joint hair talking. Because the things that he was talking about were secrets in the kingdom of God. And only partakers can talk that way. Because he has touched the things. He was speaking from the point of originality. It was, he was not working on duplicates. Are you still with me? It is good to preach and say, so-so man of God said this. But if that's all you have in your archive, making references to people, you are not a Christian. I need to prove, I need to show you. Oh my. Oh my. There is a self-acclaimed prophet in Lagos that claims to be a senior prophet and many people being gullible, not having discernment in scripture and in spirit, have accepted his declaration as of, a, of himself being a prophet. Check that man when he speaks. He will never say, and Jesus told me this. I was praying and I had this encounter. And God, mm, the definition of a prophet in the Bible, is not just one that speaks for God. Everyone with the gift of prophecy can speak for God. God, God borrows your vocal cord in the operation of the gift of prophecy for you to speak for Him. That's not a proof that you are a prophet. The proof that you are a prophet is that God will reveal himself to you. If he does not reveal himself to you, you are not... Stop it. Stop. You are, you are causing trouble. He has never said that before. Because you cannot be a joint heir and not have revelation of God. 
You can fake anything, you cannot fake Christianity. No matter how you talk, you are Polish, you learned English in France. It doesn't change anything. If you have not encountered him, you cannot say what John said. That which was from the beginning. This is not Bible school stuff. This is encounter with an eternal spirit that is a teaching unction. When you encounter him, he opens the pavilion of the spirit realm and begins to educate you as to how that realm functions. Yes. After the education, he makes you a partaker of the things in that realm. That's why a fisherman could say, that which I have with God, he says, silver and gold we do not have. Our financial condition has not changed ever since. But such as we have. It means he had something with God. Oh yeah. Yes, the school fees have not been paid, but uh, uh, such as we have. Because you believe all you have is physical. And if there's no physical thing to run back to, you have nothing. The guy knew his financial condition. But he said, irrespective of it, I have something with God. That's not Bible school talk. That's not Sunday school talk. That is the speaking of a joint hair. You know, in the working of that miracle, he didn't say, let's trust God. He said, no. Look on us. See? (laughs) Look on us. Christianity is failing in Makoti. Because Christians are running with duplicates and they don't have access to the eternal matter. That eternal matter that spoke to the prophets. That eternal spirit that was the substance that carried holy men in spirit transport so that they could see things and touch things and bear witness of things that do not appear in time and space. And so the enemy encroaches because our corporate spiritual energy that is generated in this land is not strong enough to keep the enemy at bay. We have, we have embraced and romanced religion for too long. Now let us find out the original path that the apostles walk. And what could change a common fisherman to become one that speaks about a kingdom that is not visible in flesh and blood. You are still here, say amen. amen. Now we need to do a rundown of the book of Romans. Because that's the scope of our study. A rundown. I found out that if we will make any progress at all, you know, we need to calm down and start teaching it again. Mm, we are preached for... Ah, bah, 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 bah. No, let's calm down. Some people woke up the other day and somebody said he went to hell. He died. And he came up with a vision. No, that's not the way of the gospel. God does not take people to the land of the dead to come and preach to the living. Because Jesus said they have Moses and the prophets. It, it, that's not the way. You, I know you saw something, but don't, it wasn't God that showed you that thing. And that is why the scriptures contradict it. It doesn't matter how sanctimonious and pious and sacramental you make it look. So that everybody, hey! No. People that have seen Jesus before, they know when he speaks. That was not one of his speakings. Sorry. I know you feel bad, but I decide to believe what I can verify in the scripture. You see, your own spiritual journey has not been as long as mine. I've done religious things before. 
Just I, although I did all of that and I was empty of God. So I now say, God, I know you appeared to Moses. You were real to him. You are not real to me. <laughs> What's the problem? Then I discovered I had missed the path of spiritual progress and embraced religion. I've come out of grace and now I'm functioning by law. And all the insufficiencies of my humanity have shown up again. Are you with me? Now let's trust the navigator to help us. The Holy Ghost. Simple Bible study. Number one. Just running down the book of Romans. When we get to the point of emphasis, we'll stop there and begin to pick the scriptures. Now the book of Romans in introduction is a book that speaks about the content and the context of the gospel of God. The gospel of God is a message that God preached through the prophets in times of old. Because if you read the book of Romans chapter 1, you will see how that the prophets actually gave voice to this gospel of God whose content is captured in the book of Romans and articulated quite vividly. So from the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 1 to 17, we see the introduction of the gospel of God. I don't have time to tell us the content of the gospel of God in this uh, particular meeting, but we'll do that sub subsequently. The second segment of the book of Romans is the condemnation that is upon all men. And that starts from Romans 1.18 to Romans 3.20. The third segment of the book of Romans speaks about the power and the reality of justification, which is from Romans chapter 3 verse 21 to Romans chapter 5 verse 11. Alright? Now, the next segment talks about our identification with Christ. That's where the path of spiritual progress begins. You get my... Are you with me? The next point, which is the fourth step, talks about our identification with Christ. That's where the path of spiritual progress begins. I need to show you something. You know, I'm not in a hurry today because we need to teach well. As prophetic as the birth of Jesus Christ is, it has nothing to do directly with your redemption. Have you, have you thought about that? Have you thought about that? His birth was prophetic, but there is no direct connection of his birth with anything in your life. Where the connection began from is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's a high point of his operation. It is on the basis of those three things that we are included with him. So when the story of a Christian is told, his life and everything he has lived prior to the time of his salvation is backdated to the cross. So the point of inclusion with Christ Ah, are you with me? Our point of inclusion with Christ is the cross. Because the cross is the point of inclusion and is the point of substitution. God, by an act of his authority, included us in Christ while he was on the cross. That is for those of us who, that are giving our life to Christ. 
And the reason why God had to include us with Christ was because God's estimation of the old creation was that the old creation could not serve the purpose of God. And everything that was of the old creation would have to be subject to the death test. So God cannot modify the old creation. He cannot upgrade the old creation. Everything that is part and parcel of that creation comes under the judgment of death because of the cross. Because the cross has one voice. The cross only speaks death as his pronouncement of judgment on the old creation. Just in case somebody is here that is confused as to what the old creation is, I can take you aback and give you a little insight. Are you with me? You are here. Now, in the book of Genesis, man declared independence because God wanted man to be a creature that was created in the image of God. That is, for kangaroo, kangaroo can be created after its own image. But the design pattern for man was that man was to be created, was to be a being that will function after the image of another. So the creation of man is not accomplished according to God's specification. If the product that results is not a being that sustains the image of God. And what I mean by the image of God is the perspective of God and the way God does his own stuff. Are you with me? There is a way man functions. And there is a way God functions. And God's idea for man is that man will be a being that functions the way God functions. Because he thinks the way God thinks. He understands the principles of God. He functions in the way of God. That is man's calling. That is man's ordination by destiny. Are you still with me? Alright. Now, God created man. The aspect of man that God created was immaterial, which is his spirit part. God formed man. The aspect of man that God formed, according to the book of Genesis chapter 2, is the physical part. For he formed man out of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. The implication of that statement is that man became sustained consciousness in his soul. So the most conscious aspect of man was his soul. Now I need to explain to us what the implication of that is. Because what we'll be doing in the book of Romans borders so much upon it. If you are still here, say Amen. amen. Hallelujah. You see, we don't need to hurry today. Bible study is no longer popular. So let's take it easy. In the name of Jesus. Now, this was what happened. Man, according to Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says he became a living soul, conscious in his soul. And so if he wants to take a decision, it's the awareness that comes from his soul that he uses as the basis of evaluation and the basis of decision making. Are you still with me? For instance, when he wanted to make the choice of whether or not to eat of the tree of life, 
If you check his consultation processes, he came and said that the tree was, the fruit was good for food. That is analytical. Because his consciousness is where? So. It was pleasant to the eyes, still analytical. Because his consciousness was where? It was desired to make one wise. Still analytical. Because his consciousness was where? That was where he was operating from. His soul became the strongest point of his consciousness. Now, that being that has the strongest point of his consciousness in his soul is not man by God's design. Now, at that point in the creation process, Adam was man in the image of man. So man in the image of man has his strongest consciousness in his soul. And what the consciousness in the soul does is that it gives you consciousness of you. Did you get that? Hallelujah. But you see, if man had been in the image of God, he would have had to eat of the tree of life. And the implication of eating of the tree of life is that the Spirit of God would have tabernacled from henceforth in his spirit. Providing a different line of consciousness. And the consciousness that he would have had if he had eaten of the tree of life was that he would have been a being that is conscious of the realm of God. Notice that Jesus said that if a man be born again, he will have the capacity to perceive the kingdom of God. That means a new consciousness is born. And the proof of life is consciousness. And so the Adam in the Garden of Eden that took that tree, that fruit and ate was the Adam that was man in the image of man. God wanted him to choose which line of development he wanted in his existence. If he wanted his spirit life to develop or if he wanted his soulish human life to develop. Now on the strength of his choice, he chose that his soulish life should be the line of development. That means his destiny and the result of such a choice is something different from what God originally intended. Are you with me? Are you here? Now his destination, his end point, on the strength of his choice of that line of development was going to be different from what God intended. He was not that man that was consistent with the design of God. He was going to be a different creature. That was not consistent with God's design. And that different creature was, did not have the capacity to fulfill God's will and God's purpose. And could not by any means attain to God's end. So by that choice, Adam decided the lines of development that he will experience. And that choice was inconsistent with the perspective of God. That was the day that Adam declared independence. Meaning that with the faculties of the soul that are developed, he can take decisions for himself, he can do what he wants, he's conscious of himself. Meanwhile, if he were in the image of God, he would have been conscious of God. Conscious of the ways of God. And that consciousness was going to rule his entire being and pedestal him as a creature, a being, that can access the dimensions of God in the heavens and bring that template into manifestation upon the face of the earth. But since Adam chose a different line of development, 
he was going to leave therefore or thereby he will leave from the soul. And that's a diminished state of existence compared to what God was offering us. Are you still here? Now it's needful for us to understand this path. Now we have given our lives to Christ. And because we have given our lives to Christ now, the consciousness of spirit things has come through the spirit of God that is in your spirit. But we have a challenge. The challenge is that your dependence on the soul for as many years as you live before you give your life to Christ is going to obstruct the perspective of this new consciousness. Hence, the part of the spiritual progress they place, a part that the foul does not know because it's clustered and combined. Hence, the part of spiritual progress is a place that the vulture's eyes have not seen because it is, it is shelved in by an oversized soul that you are so used to living by. It is difficult to access and to function from that part consistently. And that's why even the pastor knows. So he decides to reduce his scope of teaching to what will embolden the soul so that the people will be comfortable with his message. Because he knows that if he's going to preach in such a way as to bring people into the path of spiritual progress, ah, it's going to be quite some challenge for them. They'll have to make decisions. they have to come to that point where Christ becomes the center and the circumference of their being. And that's a radical decision to make. And he knows that the average Christian that has not seen the glory and the excellency of the knowledge and the personality of Christ will not want to embark on such a journey. So he's likely to lose members, lose involved participation. So he now changes his posture. Let's give him hope. You are blessed. I didn't hear, oh my, you. I know I'm home by myself. Now, calm down. When God promised Abraham a son, how many years did it take for the son to find expression? Because a part of spiritual progress is, is crowded. How many times did he make mistakes? He went into his maid, produced some strange children that are a burden to us even at this time. Why? Because the part of spiritual progress, you cannot locate it, even if you make a deliberate intention to locate. The pride of the lion doesn't give him access to that part. So your pride and the exertion of your will will by no means reveal that part. It's a part that you cannot study into. You cannot be taught about. It's a part that must be revealed to you. Now, <laughs> uh, somebody studied the Bible from back to back about five times and felt he had known God. You just, you, you came in contact with death. Because this part, you can't study into it. There's no human effort that you can embark upon. It only takes the transport that is initiated by the Spirit of God to bring you into that path. And that's why the Bible says, holy men of old, they speak. It's a prophecy. doesn't have its origin with man. Prophecy is not a product of the will of man. It's not as if the prophets of old decided to come and say, does yet No, it's far beyond that. More holy than that. It's a holy men of old came under the influence of the transport of the Holy Ghost. It was on the strength of that that utterance was granted them. 
You cannot just shake and then prophesy. No. You can't locate that part because you are a lion. Your will is weak to launching you into that pathway. And that's what the Bible says no foul, no it. It's easier for a pastor to call a congregation of 5,000 and say, it's time for breakthrough. So easy. Especially, he's not contradicting the word of God. The God speaks about increasing you, multiplying you too. But we need to understand, when God administered those his counsels in the life of mortal men as examples, he took a part. Hey, but we don't like that. The pastor is, is, is in a better position to ignore that there is a part. Promised him a child, it took 25 years before the child came. Uh, why did it take so long? And meanwhile, before the 25 years, he had produced some children that were not part of the prophecy. Because every time he exerted his will, he produced something else. But the part was still there. It doesn't matter how many years of religion you do. Those days, we used to wear short trousers that were suspended. Holy, holy, holy. We talk by that by exerting ourselves, you'll find the part. Lions have been denied access. So the average Christian in Macau, he doesn't know God. He's just carrying a face and he's just carrying in the motion. I don't need to speak about Lagos because Lagos, we need a, 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 an archangel to defend that, that land now. <laughs> the average man has embraced religion and he thought that that was the witness that was born by our first fathers. There is darkness in the land. And I need you to see it. In Lagos, if you want to move from one bus stop to the next bus stop, somebody stands up to preach. He says, if you wear trousers, hair, you do this. Now, who taught these people? That is not an evangelical message. An evangelical message is the example that Peter gave us on the day of Pentecost. He's presenting Christ. The whole message we don't see Christ. Who taught them? And the guy believes that because he's preaching his sanctimonious and pious, that he's on the rock. That's a delusion. Jesus must return to the altar. There is a part. He said the vulture's eyes are... The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So Adam declared independence. Instead of him to function by the divine life, he began to function by the life of the soul. Now, you see, sorry I have to bother you with Greek now. Because the English language was weak in communicating the reality of these things. The English language is weak in communicating these things. So people that just took it at face value, formulated doctrines that are not accurate. And many people are running with it. In fact, so many people are running with doctrines that are not accurate because they took scriptures at face value and did not query the original language from whence the translation was done. And because they have written volumes in the archives of their libraries, can, shame will not allow them to go back and say, Hey! All these things... So, if you are waiting for somebody to repent, 
and change what he has taught that has made you a religious personality, you will never come up. So we must all go searching. But remember, the lions did not find it. Are you with me? I'll show you two things. As we advance, God helping us in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus made a lot of strange statements. And I know that the people that heard him did not understand what he was saying. In fact, they felt he was not of this world. For instance, Jesus will come and say, He that loveth his life, he shall lose it. Now, see, if you were there when Jesus spoke those things in the language with, it, with which he spoke it, maybe you would have been able to understand. Because he used some words. He that loveth the life of his soul. I hope you understand what the life of the soul means. The life of the soul talks about a consciousness that comes from the soul. All right. Um, the Lord will help us. Since you are, you are doing like this, so let me leave that one. There is a consciousness. That consciousness that comes from the soul, it furnishes a knowledge of me. I don't have time to go to some scriptures, because if we go there, we'll get lost there. And I want to keep to the manual so that we can get something before we begin to pray and trust God to come down. Hallelujah. Ah, no, I can't touch the scriptures. He becomes self-centered and self-seeking. That is a function of the life of the soul. He builds weapons of self-defense. Entertainment for self-adornment. Work for self-sustenance. And everything that he thinks about is that which will give nourishment to what? So he's operating by that consciousness. And when you marry a man that has a strong soul life, he's conscious of himself, his trouser, his belt, his stockings, and his shoe. Huh? Let me stop there. <laughs> it's a consciousness. You can decide to build your world on it. But Jesus knows that if that consciousness is kept on check, you will never grow in the life that brings the consciousness of the kingdom of heaven. And so he needs to do something about that consciousness if you are going to grow in kingdom consciousness. Did you get that? Amen. I wanted to add something, but for the purpose of this lecture, I will not add. To show you how complicated it is for a Christian to live an accurate Christian life. I'm just showing you the challenges. One of the challenges is that he is more experienced in operating by his soul than his spirit. And so even though God is saying, give, give, another consciousness rises up. And then he gives him an inventory of what will be left in the account. 
after that which God is asking him to give is subtracted. And when he looks at it, and it, he, he interpolates, and he extrapolates, and he looks at the calendar, one consciousness conquers. There is always a choice for you to make if it's time for you to either eat of the tree of life or eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That tree of the good of knowledge and evil has deepened the consciousness on the level of the soul. And so the choices that you have to make, even if God speaks to you, there is a contention that comes because there is a consciousness that you have exercised longer than spirit life. That is why the path of spiritual progress is difficult to find. Because the average man that comes to Christ is not willing to give up the perspective of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that speaks through his consciousness of, of the soul. In order for God to help us out, he did something significant. And that is where our study began, be, begins. On the path of spiritual progress, it begins in Romans chapter 6. Our inclusion with Christ. If you are still with me, say Amen. Amen. Now, when I'm through with the teaching, I'll give you opportunity for two questions. Early or mid-February, I'll be back. We'll continue again. The elements of the Christian faith or the syllables of the Christian life. We'll start from number one. By the time we are finished, I will bring some prophecies. Some people prophesied from the soul. You will be able to discern it. I have work to do, but at the end, your discernment should be open. When you see it and somebody stands and begins to prophesy, you will know where the person is talking from. Either from the soul or from... The consciousness will reveal it. Do you get it? Hallelujah. Now, so let's go on. Um, Romans chapter 6. So there are eight points on the path of spiritual progress. We are going to look at the first point. Romans chapter 6. If you are in Romans chapter 6, say Amen. Hallelujah. Now, hi God, help me to explain this accurately. In Romans chapter 6 verse 6, there are technical scriptures. Very technical. It says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. He said, knowing this, in the book of Romans chapter 6, there are three times that we are admonished to know things. Romans 6.6, 6, Romans 6.9, and Romans 6.19. Now, the words used in Romans 6.6 6 and Romans 6.9 are different. The word used in Romans chapter 6 verse 6 talks about knowing through your senses. Knowing through teaching. Knowing through instruction. 
knowing through education. That's natural knowing. The word used in Romans chapter 6 verse 9 talks about a knowing that is deeper than that which you get from the, from the lecture room. And this knowledge, this knowing is a function of the operation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I'm going to break it down. Don't worry. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. But if we don't go through this path, it will be difficult for you to understand your Christian life. And when people come with lying wonders, you will not be able to differentiate. When false doctrines begin to rise, you will not have sufficient discernment. So we are going to the root of Christianity so that we can draw a process. Hallelujah. Now I said that on the first part, the first point of the part of spiritual progress is called the knowing of revelation. Don't forget that. The knowing of what? That's the first part on the part of spiritual progress. And that is a sign of spiritual health. And if the experience of the knowing of revelation is not something that is sustained in your life, you have veered off from the path of spiritual progress. You have joined the fowl, you have joined the vulture, you have joined the lion. And I'm going to explain. Are you with me? Now, in the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 6, the Bible says, knowing this, it is needful for you to be empowered with this knowledge. Are you with me? That knowing in Romans chapter 6 verse 6 is not the knowing that I'm talking about. Because the knowing in Romans chapter 6 verse 6 refers to a knowing that you can acquire in the laboratory, the knowing that you can acquire in the lecture, the knowing that you can acquire when you are taught. Now, so that is, Paul is saying, in order for us to advance in our spiritual life, there is a knowledge that we must receive. First of all, the Bible says that the knowledge is that we need to receive is that our old man was crucified with Christ. We need to break these things down. Our old man. Our old man was what? Crucified. Why was our old man crucified? That the body of sin might what? Might be what? Destroy. He did not say divide, but he said what? Hallelujah. He said, the reason why our old man was crucified was so that the body of sin might be destroyed. I'm going to explain that before we move on. Now, you see this thing called old man. There is a, an easier theological name for it. That is the soul life. It is your operating in that old man or that soul life that makes you operate like Adam. As long as you operate from that consciousness that comes because of the life that is in the soul. That's where you operate from. That's where you take your decisions from. You must have calculated it. You must have looked upon it. You felt it was okay because of your calculations and your what? Your permutations. 
and you take the option that came out of your intellectual rest. He said that as long as you function that way, you are functioning like Adam. Meanwhile, in the book of Romans, especially when we look into Romans chapter 5, chapter 6, you are going to see two men, two things, two consequences. Somebody say two men. Two things that they did. And then two consequences. Now, the two men are Adam and Christ. The two things that Adam rebelled against God and Christ submitted to God. And Christ's submission to God was unto the ultimate demand of submission, which was submission to the point of death. Now, Adam created a race out of his disobedience. Are you with me? And Christ also created a race out of his obedience. Now, so you are either of Adam or of Christ. Now, I need to tell you, because you can be born again and still be of Adam. You are born again, but you don't function from Christ, you function from Adam. And the results you are going to get are the results that Adam got. Adam had separation from God. What I mean by separation from God is not the cessation of life. Separation from God, you are separated from the anointing of God because you function from your soul life. You are not in touch with the resources that God has made available in your spirit with which he intends to accomplish his agenda on your life. You are drawing from your soul, drawing from your humanity, drawing from the consciousness that your soul life brings. You are actually at par with the operations of God. Operating and yielding the results of Adam. Now, so in order for us to be spared from that possibility, God did something that we could not do. What he did was that our old man was crucified. Our soul life was nailed on the cross. The reason why that soul life had to be crucified, brought into death, is to give the spirit life an advantage to grow. So that the path of spiritual progress can be in view. As long as you function from the technology of your soul life, access into spirit life is not in view. Jesus was the one that said, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. I need to explain that. Are you with me? Now, I'm pressed for time, so I can't go into some details. If you people don't know wheat, at least you know rice. So when you harvest rice, rice has what? Husk. Before the real rice inside. Is that not so? And Jesus used that to illustrate the spirit life. That if the corn of wheat does not fall to the ground and die, the grain experiences what we call the abiding alone syndrome. Tell your neighbor, abiding alone syndrome. Jesus did not promise us just life. He promised us abundant life. If you are not operating from the realm of abundant life, you are living short of what Jesus promised. Are you with me? I will explain. Now, the corn of wheat illustration. The corn of wheat illustration. So, this is the husk. And this is a grain. Did you get that? And I hope you know that this illustration that Jesus gave 
was to give us an insight into the relationship between the soul and the spirit. The husk is the soul and the grain is the spirit. And so Jesus said, except we release this grain and it falls to the ground so that the moisture in the earth and the minerals in the earth can react with the husk and kill it. The grain can never spring forth with life. So there is a battle that is here. The battle for the death of the grain. And that's why God says the old man or the soul life was crucified. To give a passageway for the spirit life to germinate so that the abiding alone syndrome, you can be delivered from it. Are you still with me? Now, the challenge is this. The soul covers the spirit totally. Because you are used to operating by the soul. If the soul life is still held in place, it will hinder any expression of spirit life. Have you not seen some guys that are born again, but you cannot see it, no evidence of it? Their character doesn't reveal it. Why? The soul covers the reality that the spirit has captured. And does not allow it any form of expression. And so Jesus says, except the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies. It what? The abiding alone syndrome. That means that person's life, Christ cannot move from that person's life to share his glory through that life or another life. He abides alone. He can't go beyond himself. Because the self principle is still intact in that life. So that life cannot manifest the glory of God. Because that life will only manifest the glory of self. Look at that. And so Jesus said, he needs to what? fall to the ground. He needs to die. When that soul life dies, that coat dies, that covering dies, loses its ability to influence, loses its ability to, to manipulate your decision-making processes, you come to a point where spirit life can now find a room, ventilation sufficient for it to begin to sprout up. Number two, self and sin are in partnership. My ink has finished. That's why I can't write. Self, oh my. Don't worry, I'll get more ink tomorrow. Self and sin are in partnership. As long as you operate by self, you will be struggling with sin. You have empowered sin. Now, I need some scriptures to support my philosophy. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 12 to 14, a prophetic story is told about Lucifer. And the question in the prophetic story is, how art thou fallen? O Lucifer, son of the morning. Now, is my rendering correct? Is my quotation? I said Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. Is that, is that true? It's correct. All right. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. He said, How art thou fallen, O Lucifer, son of the morning? So the prophetic story is giving us an insight into how Lucifer fell, the son of the morning. He said, How art thou cast to the ground? 
Thou that this weakens the nations. Then he gives us insight into how Lucifer fell. Lucifer said in his heart, I will. So Lucifer was operating by a consciousness of himself. That was what influenced his philosophy. That was what influenced his, his, his actions, his activity. I will ascend. I will do this. Because the question is what? How are you falling? Is that not the question? He fell because he decided to operate from his soul. Can you see that? So anytime we operate from our soul, we become compatible with that which will make us fall. Sin is activated. So just in case you are here and you are living, you are tied to fornication. And you are tired of it. And you want to stop it. Hallelujah. Let us take the taproot out. The old man. Once we deal with the old man, the fuel for sin will dry up. And the body of sin will be destroyed. So your body will not be such that sin can manipulate anymore. Because the soul life that gives you the consciousness of self is no longer the active consciousness you have. There is another consciousness you have sustained, which is the consciousness of God. Because of that consciousness, even though sin cries, your philosophy is no longer self-centeredness. So sin is crying. You are operating beyond self-centeredness now, so you cannot allow sin to have dominion. You get it? You get that? Hallelujah. Now we are going gradually. But I want you to follow the story. Follow the story. And then you are going to be seeing the path. Because when God came to Mary and said you are blessed and highly favored. He didn't give her a rose rose. He didn't give her open a bank account in Stelling Bank. And wire it with five million. He didn't give her a suit made from San Francisco. Meanwhile... When that salutation came and after it came and she became pregnant, she became an outcast. She was to suffer the fate of an outcast among the people. The husband being an honorable man was planning to put her away privately. And then you, I think we need to reevaluate what we call blessing. Oh, you are not with me. Uh, you know it's difficult to say amen now. <laughs> I said we'll teach for two days. Don't worry. Yes, sir. It's because they, there's no teaching again in the body of Christ. A, 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 a charlatan can stand up and say he saw a vision. And the body of Christ in Nigeria... Oh my. And the vision does not reveal Christ. Meanwhile, that's the subject of scripture. Christ is the subject. Uh, let me show you that one first before we go. Please, remember where I stopped. Where did I stop? Eh? Okay. Salutation of Mary. Please, remind me when we get back. Um, Luke chapter 24. I need to show you this quick.
This is Jesus speaking in verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of Moses and in the prophets. I hope you know that's the sum total of the Old Testament. That was the Bible that existed the time Jesus walked this world. He said, I, I told you these things while I was yet with you, that everything written in the law of Moses and in the prophets must be fulfilled. Are you with me? Okay, let's go again. These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms, concerning me. The entire book of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, they speak about me. And then the next verse says, Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That means if you are reading the scriptures without seeing him, you are reading dead letters. If you bring a revelation that does not reveal his perspective, his philosophy, his agenda, you do not speak from the spirit. You are saying something entirely different. Hmm. But you are talking, actually, you are still talking. The fact that the man has a microphone talking doesn't mean he's preaching. If we don't see Christ in what he's preaching, he's talking. Even though his, his title is senior prophet, he's just talking. He's just talking. And every man has a right in Nigeria to talk. We must acknowledge that. Oh, uh, yeah. Hallelujah. We must acknowledge that. How come God says Mary was highly favored and blessed? She was highly favored and blessed because of the path she was going to follow. That path was going to subdue everything of flesh. So that her destiny in spirit life that she cannot perceive even though an angel is bringing it. An angel has brought the scroll from the archives of heaven. And the angel is reading it out. You are blessed and highly favored. That means in all of time, among women, in, in the age of Methuselah, the age of Nimrod, the age of Abraham, the age of Moses, the time of David, the time of Christ, even to our time and to the end of the world, you were chosen as a matriarch. Because it was written concerning you, but you cannot see this destiny in the flesh. And I'm going to advance you on a path. That path will reveal it. It was that path she was going that she almost suffered rejection. She was that path that she was going that her husband separated from her. You know, it's a terrible thing for, me, for a woman to be in a situation where the husband will. But that was the path, though crooked, that she will walk upon in order for the things that are written concerning her to find expression. And that is God's will for her. And because of that, she's blessed and highly favored. It's because of the path. The path ensures that flesh will be conquered. Mm. No Rolls Royce. No mobility. You know, our perspective of blessing is uh, have two shoes packed. I just got a master's degree. The bench packed in the in 
in the side of the house. Just came back now from Kotonu. Was a God only called people that were on the path of spiritual progress blessed. That no matter the peril you go through, the things written concerning you will come true in time. And why, even while you stumble, he said, Oh, blessed and highly favored. Even while you are about to fall, you are about to be cast out. If the angel comes again, he won't change his mind. He said, I told you on Monday, you were blessed and highly favored. And I say it now, things have not changed. Thou art blessed and thou art highly favored. Maybe you looked upon your wardrobe and the dry desert wind blew through your window and revealed that your best trousers are just had a hole. If only you can hear the angels cry. Tower bless. Your condition may affect you, but it didn't affect your destiny. Your destiny was not affected. If you live in a soul life, you'll be discouraged by the events. But it's only in the spirit that you can see through the ventilation of God. I say, oh my God, I'm on the path. This was what was written concerning me. I indeed am blessed. It depends on where you are seeing from. Sometimes people reject you in the whole family. And you're like an outcast. Meanwhile, you are closer at that point to destiny. God says you are blessed and highly favored. Those guys kept you down from seeing the light of day, from seeing the will of God. But now you are all with me. And a man alone with God is majority. If you have never been rejected before, I assure you, you have never been on the path. Uh, no. If you have never been called names before, you have been walking on Wurukum Highway. And your companions are the fowls of the air and the vultures that have not seen the path. If men have never persecuted you before, that time when that persecution was intense upon you, God was saying, Oh, thou blessed and highly favored. Because when men go through trouble, they don't forget it. And no, they don't forget it. So they don't want to go back to the trouble. So they will prefer to live by the Spirit. Because, uh, 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 it's, a, it's a body. Oh, thou blessed. I've created and orchestrated a situation. That will perpetually keep you on the path of spiritual progress. No human being can come there. No human will can desire to stay there. Except by an act of the sovereignty of God. You are pushed. Uh, if you ask all the ministers here. They did not plan to be who they are today. Did you? <laughs> Victor. Did you plan to be like this? No, you, you, you don't know how you got here. Every true man that has walked that path cannot tell you the story of how he got there. He, that's why boasting is excluded. It's altogether an, an act of his sovereignty. It's altogether by the faith of the Son of God. 
are part of spiritual progress. The grain must fall to the ground and the husk must die. The life that covers your spirit, that gives you an alternative. When the Lord is speaking through your spirit, that life that furnishes that alternative, that life must be subdued. So that the accurate passage of spirit life can break forth from one dimension of glory to the other. You are coming out of that cage. The grain of wheat, when it falls to the ground and the contradictions begin to take place, because the elements of the earth will react with the husk, the moisture in the earth will dilute it and react with it and kill it. It begins to rot. That process, Jesus calls it blessed and highly favored. Somebody went for a camp meeting. I was at the airport that time. And he gave me ten prayer points that he prayed that was raised on the camp meeting. I said, you, you were in the wrong place. Say what, pastor? All the prayer points were prayers of the soul. No one was a prayer of blessing and high favor. The guy now sent me a text. said, please explain. Then I started. That prayer in itself it's a function, an activity that only takes place accurately in the kingdom of God. It's an idea of God's kingdom, not idea, an idea of man's kingdom. Prayer can only be potent and reasonable when it is short from the standpoint of a knowledge of the will of God. Because when you pray outside of the will of God, it's not established. So before prayer, there's something you need to do to have a revelation of God's will. That's what you pray about and you enforce upon the face of the earth. If what you are praying about, you want to get a Lamborghini, and God never wrote it in the book, you will pray and die praying. You can mix it with fasting and night vigil. The more you pray, the more God will be bringing you closer to the path. <laughs> ah. Then the guy now got offended and said, But pastor, there were 9 million people there. 9 million people went astray. Didn't change God. God was still on the throne. Because God will not change because Nigerian Christians are praying our armies. Boko Haram will come. Boko Haram came because we were praying for prayer points that did not come from heaven. If we were synchronized from the spirit, we would have seen danger from the side, sides of the north. We would have killed that child when it was yet infant. We allowed it became a full grown man. And today we are running from pillar to post. Our campsites have prophesied in, in the soul, under the veil. Many things have come from the pulpit that have engendered babyhood Christianity and a part of spiritual progress have been blocked. But we are going to mount up with wings like eagles. That limitation and restriction must be taken away so that people can come to their true God and people can embrace their Savior. If you are still with me, say Amen. I said in the book of Romans chapter 6, there are two, three times you find the word knowing. This one is intellectual. You need to be educated. This education must come to you because this event has already taken place. Jesus, by an act of his authority, crucified the old man. When you were included with him on the cross, you were substituted. He was your substitute. There was something he did. That becomes effective in your life when you connect with that cross by faith. The old man loses his authority to give you direction. The old man, the effect of that crucifixion 
begins to break in on your inside. And the spirit life and the spirit voice and spirit power begins to knock harder. Begins to knock harder. And then you are faced with the same temptation that Adam was faced in the garden of the Eden. Either for him to choose the tree of life. Or for him to choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What will you choose? Every time God says fast, then suddenly a voice comes. The voice of self-preservation is one of the voices that come from the soul. It reminds you there is yogurt in the fridge. That yogurt is called sand yogurt. The water that was used to prepare it is reverse osmosis method that was used to synergize it. It has not that number. <laughs> Another life begins to educate you and teach you. Then it depends on what you want. But God said, choose life that ye and your seed might live. And when you ignore the voice of the soul and embrace life, life may not be as intelligent as the voice of the soul. The voice of the soul comes with graphs, comes with charts and maps. It comes with, with, with blackberry pinging and whatsapp messages. It comes but the voice of the soul, of the spirit is gentle. And it's not cohesive. It doesn't force you. It's the voice of a king. The voice of a loving God. There were many things that Jesus would have been. A tyrant. A killer. But he decided to be a God of love. That will spread forth his hands and bring salvation to all people. It is that God that I will serve. Not a God that mutilates and kills and sheds blood. I choose Jesus. And as he rises up within my heart to point a path of spiritual progress. He says, fast! It's pointing a path. Will you yield? Because everything depends on your obedience. Now that the cross has put an end to the old man. Yes, the old man is still there. Trying to speak from the grave. But the new man is trying to seek a place where he can have authority with you. But you will make the choice of what will rule you. Hence the first law of the spirit realm. Whatsoever you give yourself as servants to obey. Servants of the same you shall become. That is the law. If you decide to turn away from light and to embrace darkness, you will be dark and your darkness will be blackness. Your soul will be possessed of devils. And those devils will begin to educate you. If you choose to face mammon and you make the God of breakthrough your God, mammon will possess your soul until you come to a point where the only thing you can think about is gain and money. And your estimation of progress and spirituality will be on how much money you have gotten today. And that's why we have many Christians that leaped out of the path of spiritual progress and embraced mammon for so many years. There's dryness of soul, patchness of heart, hunger of spirit, but he holds it because mammon doesn't come alone. He comes with a veil to cover your eyes and keep you perpetually in bondage. But somebody needs to say tonight, I will arise. I need to make a choice that will open up the vistas of a kingdom 
that I need to know. That was how men like John became valiant in the kingdom of God. When the spirit began to beckon upon them, I'm willing to open a path for you. But the extent to which we go is dependent on how much of obedience you subscribe to. He said, come up here and I will show you things that will take place hereafter. I remember the call that came when God began to direct my path initially. He wanted me to be a student of the Bible and he was drawing me to the holy pages. But there were so many things that were attracting my attention. I delayed for long. You know, you are not used to the spirit life. You always fall to that terrain that you have used. You trust the mind. Trust your analysis. Much more than the voice of the Holy Spirit. But he locks in your heart. If you can give him half a chance, he will grow and become so enlarged that your eyes are blind to every other thing except him. You say you want to conquer sin? How much have you turned to Christ? If you turn to Christ and make your body a slave of righteousness, that I will only do his will. I will only do right. I was bought with a price. It means I'm his property. I cannot do what he will not permit me to do with my body. I'm going to stick with him. Even though heaven falls, I'll stick with him. Even though hell rages, I'll, it is a radical decision. And that's why the Bible says that the laws were changed from the time of John the Baptist. And until now, it will be by radical violence that you will embrace the kingdom of God. And every charlatan, every slow-paced personality doesn't have a place when it comes to fighting for the atonement of spirit life. It will be, must be, by war. You can't become a successful Christian without being a radical. You have to fight and rebel against sickness. You have to fight and rebel against that which wants you to disobey God. Uh, you must come to that point where even though they call you names, this will be my story. I'm going to walk this path for all my lifetime until the devil become convinced that he has lost you. That's when the grain had fallen to the ground and died. Even the devil himself had lost hope. <laughs> I don't want to preach yet. Let's go back. Let's go back. So Paul said, the old man was crucified with Christ. This is something that you need to know. Then the book of Romans chapter 6 verse 9, he makes a statement. Somebody read for me. That knowing there is not the knowing of the mind. It's the knowing of the spirit. The revealed knowing of God. And I will tell you the difference between the written world and the living world. Hallelujah. Help me, help me, help me. Romans 6, 9. Okay. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. Now, this knowing now is not the knowing that you can receive in the classroom. This knowing is the knowing of revelation. And there are several things in your Christian life that you cannot know by studying the Bible. You cannot know by attending a conference or a crusade. Those are things that only Jesus himself can tell you. And it's by the oppression of the Holy Ghost inside of you. That's what we call the knowing of revelation. And that's how we know that we are saved. 
we know that we are saved by the knowing of revelation. Because the spirit himself that is in our spirit begins to bear witness. You are part of an eternal kingdom. It may not seem so now in the natural. Your car is still down. The bank is still looking for you. Everything is still out of place. But let that which you see in the natural don't confuse you. There's a knowing that comes inside. You are mine. He consistently bears witness. And the first point of the, on the path of spiritual progress is the knowing of revelation. This is a sign that you are still on the path of spiritual progress. The knowing of revelation. I need to open that up to you quickly. Hallelujah. Because in the book of Colossians chapter 5, Paul gives us insight. And he makes us to understand how that we can walk the same way that Christ walked. Colossians 5, I would like you to turn your Bible. Colossians 3, sorry, I'm sorry. Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. Colossians 3, verse 5. Hallelujah. Colossians 3, verse 5. How oh, I wish I had time to do this, this study. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. Uncleanliness. Please come to the board. It's difficult to understand that. So the old man was crucified. What? That the body of sin might be destroyed. Now let me give you the graph of man. The graph. This is the graph. A man that is born again in his spirit, in his soul and in his body. In his spirit, he has the life of God. In his soul, he has human life. In his body... He has sin. Sin in dwelling. According to the book of Romans. Just an anatomy of the book of Romans. In dwelling sin. In dwelling Christ. And human life. Human life. And sin are in partnership. If you major on human life. You cannot avoid sin. And. In the journey of transformation and confirmation. If you come to a point where you conquer the power of sin, that's the first point of deliverance. Then there's another point here. You must conquer the power of self. That one is deeper than conquering. It's easy to conquer sin. Are you with me? Now, this is why a Christian is complicated. He has the divine life in his spirit, human life in his soul, and indwelling sin in his body. Now, do you need scriptures for this? We don't have time. But if you go to Romans chapter 7, if you read from verse 16 to 19, you are going to see that sin dwelleth, has its dwelling place in our body. That life with which Adam made the choice to choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil is not the divine life. It's, bring, it's a human life. Making Adam man in the image of man. But the design is that man must be in the image of God for him to fulfill the purpose of God. So the divine life comes in. Now, 
this scripture is saying, mortify your members which are in the earth. Uh, what is, what does mortify mean? Paralyze, kill. Listen to me. You don't paralyze the activities of the body. Because sin dwells in the body and takes advantage of all your appetites. The appetite of sleep, drink, or, or, or thirst, appetite of sex, appetite of tiredness, appetite of hunger. It takes advantage of all of them to manipulate you and bring you to a point where you yield more to your appetites than you yield to God. That's what sin does. Are you still with me? Oh. I say, are you here? That's what sin does. It takes advantage of your appetite. It dwells in your body and takes advantage of the appetites of your body, manipulating them in such a way that it can bring you to a point where you are more obedient to your appetites than you are obedient to God. And the appetite that becomes a snare over your soul is that appetite that you use much more. If you have used the appetite of sex much more before you give your life to Christ, the devil is likely to exploit you and that appetite is likely to be a snare. Nevertheless, in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Am I right? Because that scripture, if I got it right, says mortify. Uh, through the spirit we can mortify, mortify the deeds of the flesh. That means when you yield to the spirit. Tell God that, oh, this appetite for sex has come again. And if I allow sex outside of your commandment, it means I have sinned. You see that? If I'm more compatible with self than with God, sin will not be absent. You get that? Are you with me? And so the Bible recommends that the way out of slavery to sin is that you must yield to the Spirit and through the Spirit you paralyze the deeds of the body. Not through your will. Your will cannot paralyze sin because sin is orchestrated from the spirit realm. Not by new re resolution. Now you decided on the 1st of January 2014 that I will not steal. No more women. You will fail on the 31st of January. If by an act of your will you survive for one month, on the 31st you will sleep with all the women you didn't sleep with to balance the equation. Because the appetite would have been lie. Oh man. <laughs> Jesus knew the predicament of man. That as long as his power was in the soul, he didn't have the strength and the will to contend with sin and succeed. Until he introduced the kingdom. In the person of the life of the spirit of God that tabernacles your spirit. And if you can yield to that kingdom, you will mount up with wings like him. And the things that were your concerns before, after a while, it will be paralyzed when you keep yielding to the Spirit. Keep releasing yourself to fasting and prayer. Keep. After about six months, you just find out that, hey, those appetites have been shut down. Now, so he's recommending to us in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, he said, mortify your members. Shut down those voices that speak within you. And the only way you can shut them down is by aligning with the Spirit and allowing Spirit power to shut them down. You cannot shut them down with your will. Many people have tried to stop smoking with no avail. Try to stop the thing that change is incumbent upon the way they wield their will. Only for them to be discouraged after some time. 
sin is orchestrated from the realm of the spirit. And only that, an antidote that comes from that realm can conquer it. So the Bible reveals that we should mortify our members which are in the earth by the spirit of God. And so keep yielding to the spirit. Doing what the spirit wants us to do. He wants us to pray so we keep praying. He wants us to fast, we keep fasting. As we keep doing spirit things, spirit things, spirit things, spirit things, a time comes that those voices are shut down. A different set of lusts are built up. It's no longer lust for a woman or lust for a man. It's lust for God. But at every point in time, there will be a lust actually. Either on ground or in space. Lost for God. The hunger. Just like you had the appetite. You hungered for women. There was a man like that. He's a director. He, he hungers for pregnant women. Not just women. For what? That's a strange kind of hunger. May you never know that hunger in the name of Jesus. He hungers for what? For pregnant women. When the baby is about to fall. Ah, that's where they say, aha. <laughs> Finishes work as a director and from 6 o'clock to 8 is driving around Abuja, burning fuel, looking for a pregnant woman. Because his consciousness is on that, in that area, his money goes there, his fuel goes there, his energy, his intelligence. Because he's living from a different life. Tell your neighbor, switch quickly. So when you begin to do spirit things, your consciousness is shifted. And then different set of lusts begin to build. Suddenly you begin to lust after God, after heaven. After the things of God. That desire begins to burn. It's because spirit life has switched on. Then a new world. A new realm. A new set of possibilities opens. That is when you will discover that you can mount up. You can actually fly. That that end you saw in the flesh. That your termination of appointment was an end. When you switch and you see a different set of possibilities. And then your visions will be open. And then you find out that that end was a blessing. So that you can tune to spirit life. That's when the angels come and say, Thou art blessed. And highly favored. Because the distraction that held you down has been taken away. For some of you it was a woman, a girl. That girl held you. You wanted God, but when the girl shows up, and you were weak concerning her, you couldn't tell her that it was over. Many times you stood before the mirror and rehearsed how you would tell her it will not more continue. You try even before the mirror, you failed. Hey, she she wasn't there yet, <laughs> but you failed. You say, okay, okay, okay. Then you now... Uh, oh, now look for it. Come, come. Uh, and then you just found out it was nothing you to do. And it was clear before the mirror. And then when you now went to God and said, well, you see, I want to serve you, but I don't know these things. Life is, is strange. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit goes to work. And the girl herself comes to you and says, I'm not. Then the angels cry, Thou art blessed. And I leave him. Because the hindrance on your path to excellence, to maturity in the spirit, have been removed. Now, you will see through a different vista. 
a new set of possibilities are available to you. Now you can mount up. And that which was impossible with men can now be possible with you. That's how you locate that part. There is a proclamation that goes on in the spirit realm. Thou art blessed any time that obstacle is removed. And highly favored. Now so in the book of Colossians chapter 3, it says there is something you must do deliberately. Whenever lust begins to come and the desire for something that is not consistent with the desires of God. He said, know that that is time for you to begin to do things that the Holy Ghost likes. Begin to pray, begin to fast. Shut down your eating. Say, Lord, I'm here for you. Because only the Holy Ghost can mortify, can paralyze the works of the flesh. Now, the life of the Christian, by reason of the things he needs to do as recommended by the apostles. First of all, it's a life that is dedicated to prayer or to now maybe that's not what you were told all the seven years you have been born again you were told that the object and the crescent of life was breakthrough you have something to show that you are not failing that's, the, that's mammon and his doctrine he can possess your soul and make you captive for life sorry I believe that God prospers people but I happen to understand the path the path is not a path that the average Christian will want to veer into that's a path that lions have not seen. A path that vultures have not beheld. A path that, that fowls have not stumbled upon. And it's not by power. And it's not by mind. It is common, it's ordinary. It's commonplace for you to desire a breakthrough because we are all poor. So you want, it's, it's natural, it's human for you to say, okay, God, if you can give me a, a job, I will serve you. That's a that message is asynchronized with the flesh already. So you don't need a convert. All of humanity will drawn to it. But Jesus offers us something much more radical than just pep talk. Because he's not a money doubler. And he doesn't give men false hope. He brings people into a kingdom. And when you come into that kingdom, you will discover that you are existing for one purpose and one purpose only. To serve his will as written in the volume of the books. And it is through your acquaintance with him in that kingdom that you can find that will. And I assure you, there are resources that are kept in store for you. To see to the fulfillment of that will even before you got born again. And when you begin to align to the kingdom of God, the resources that you need to fulfill your divine mandate will begin to navigate in your direction. That is the story of Christianity. Anything other than that, you are romancing with mammon. For the Bible reveals that we will first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then the things that the Gentiles seek will be added to us. He admonishes that we must maintain that orientation. Because when you are not seeking money and you are seeking God, if, God, if money is added to you, it's an addition. If it pushes you in the direction that you are going. Are you with me? That's why a man that has not yet found God, that finds money may never find God anymore. Just like somebody that started smoking a book in, in primary two. Even if you put him in school, the school cannot benefit him. <laughs> you know, you are not with me. In the school, you are taking a, a, an Igbo man in primary two to school. <laughs> he has a love that is greater than that book. When he's through with class, he will go to the love. 
he will become a creature formed and fashioned by that is love because he has given his heart to it. That is the law of the Spirit. Anything you want to serve, you become a servant of that thing. Me, I want to serve God. I want to serve Jesus. One of my relatives, he, he drinks pan wine until he begins to call the names of the ancestors. He drank, during burial, he drank wine from morning to night. The sun went down, then he stood up and began to all the ancestors. He proclaimed their name and gave them an exhortation. Now, he was not too different from a prophet because he spoke from an influence. But the Bible said, Be not drunk with wine. <laughs> Scripture is not against you being high, but the substance by which you get there is what is in. Uh, but that's the Lord. <laughs> he began to mention all the dead ancestors. It was as if the wine gave him affinity to fellowship with the dead and insight and inspiration came and he spoke strange words when he was speaking under the influence of wine nobody rebuked him but why should they rebuke me if I'm drunk with Jesus if I'm stuck with Jesus the world will come and fight you the world identified with a man that was drunk but for you they will not identify it might be the close ones in your family that's the way of the path of spiritual progress. Angels dare to walk upon that path. Lions dread it. It's a dark place. But sons are called to walk upon it. When your spirit begins to open up and the consciousness of the kingdom of God begins to come, the wisdom of that kingdom, the shape of that kingdom, the dimension of that kingdom. The measures of the throne of God. A time comes when if you utter words, they know that it's not a man that speaks. These are the words of a spirit speaking through the vocal cords of a man. Indeed, this man is a co-heir with Jesus Christ in the heavens of God. Who told you that you need to die before you go to heaven? John on the Isle of Patmos was invited. He said, come up here. And I will show you the things which must take place hereafter. And immediately, the transport mode of heaven entered into manifestation. And by the Spirit, He appeared before the throne of God. Who told you that you must die? That's religion. If you know spirit life, you will have fellowship in the courts of God. You will stand before many angels. You will sing the song of the righteous saints protected in the heavens. And that's why I say Makot is bereaved of true Christians. We have religious people walking up and down with the Bible and pulpits that are empty of the voice of God. But they stop. Man doesn't stop talking. A man, okay, he has a right to talk. So he keeps talking. But the point is, where, is, where are the words coming from? Are there veiled words from the soul of man? Or strong words from the Spirit of God? That was the way of prophets. They were carried in the spirit. There is a world that you may never see. A light that may never cast upon your face. A throne so eternal that administers all the purposes of God. That you may never embrace. Because it's locked on a path. Oh my God. That the least among us will arise. And say this path I will leave to walk. 
and I will set my foot where Moses set his own when the Red Sea parted. I will put my feet in the feet of my ancestors, men that found favor with God in the times of old, so that their faith can be my faith, and their power can be my power, and their testimony can be my testimony. There was a spirit by which Isaiah prophesied. And if that spirit comes upon you, you will say the same words as Isaiah said. And the river of Egypt, his tongue will be captured and destroyed. And his streams will give up liberty to the lands that they have plundered. I believe in the power of God. I can no more teach. The Lord wants me to fly. Give me volume. Ababana Seloman de Saina Coma Abasela Monde Iacoma Abasana Lombre Nacante Mosaila Sie Siema Iacome Nacalema.
the world where Jesus is king. The vistas must be open. The windows must be unstopped. The doors must be made accessible. The sons of men must come in. There is a path which no foul knoweth. The vulture's eyes have not seen it. The lion's webs have not trodden it. The fierce lions have never passed by it.
you find that path, nothing can resist you successfully. The least among us become as strong as David. The prophet in you must awake, must arise.
it is God that works in us, both to will and to do of His own good pleasure. Can you say, Lord, impact me with the working of yours tonight, from today, let an impartation and ordination to begin to walk the will of God in your human vessel rest upon you. Can you pray, pray, Yalahada? Lord, 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 we don't just want to know, we want to be ordained to do. Palamina Manantoyata, Beremina Nantoyata, Jamila Nandiatania, Rekeminande, Lord, we walk in our apostleship. We are partnership for obedience to God. Lord, we walk into them right now. We launch into it. Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. 